want a drink, right? Waiter! Uh, por favor. How do you say banana daiquiri? Banana daiquiri. That's it? Yes. Uh, uno banana daiquiri. Very warm as well, Lindsay. Yay. Yay, summer. summer. <laughs> Balls. Lindsay, Lindsay, Lindsay. Jeffrey. The podcast has started. Oh, hi, podcast. Hi. How's it going? Hello, everyone. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to episode. It's been three and a half hours. It has been three and a half hours. We did number 32 on our list, ladies and gentlemen. Boys and girls, children of all ages. I hated this film. Shut up. They haven't even told them what movie it is yet. I mean, they know because they downloaded (laughs) the episode. But we did number 32 on our list, which is The Godfather Part 2. I hated this film. Shut up. You did not. I did not hate this film at all. Sorry. I have to do that. Why would you lie? Liar. It's fun. Okay, continue with your stuff. I'm done interrupting. I did not hate this film at no, all. So no, no one worry, hates guys. this movie. <laughs> if you follow me on Instagram, yes. I freaking took a picture of it while we were watching it. <laughs> it is three hours and 20 minutes long. We watched the Francis Ford Coppola Restoration Edition yep. on Blu-ray from which, my collection. Which is not different, like, no. cut-wise. It's just they The quality of the out. film yes. is restored. So it's still the version that you're going to watch on DVD or if Blu-ray. It's just... it's. This is a 9.1 out of 10 on IMDb. It's giant. It is high. an 80 Metascore. Got a nice Metascore. I'm curious about what The Godfather actually is. So you okay, said I'm not going to tell you what The Godfather is because oh, I'm going to wait till we watch it. That would be spoiler it. for episode... Yep. Or for number two on our list. Yes. <laughs> Good point. 30... 30 movies separate part two and part one? Yep. Interesting. And as I said when we first started watching this... I and made, this did not change places. This, this is in the same stayed. spot. Yep. I made a realization that actually watching this movie... <laughs> before episode before before episode one. Yeah. Before <laughs> wrong movie. Before Godfather episode one, you know when Vito is turns out to be Vito, uh, you know Darth Vader, uh, Darth Vito. Anyways, um, Darth Vito that would be an excellently weird film. Uh, no, like I realized watching this movie before you watch part one kind of makes sense a little bit, a little bit just because you get a lot of the backstory of Vito, so you kind of know where he's at. But in the same vein as, do you watch episodes, you know, four, five, and six after yeah. one, two, and three? No, you should really watch them before because you 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 get established with the characters in their world, and then you watch a movie where you see them building, like, how they became who they were, and it makes more sense. So God, he's been in a lot of movies. Who? El Pacino. Like, a lot of really good ones. A lot of really good ones and a crap ton oh, of Oh, God, he ones. did Scarface after this? Oh, yeah. Scarface was the 80s. Shit. I didn't know that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Yeah, because he wasn't, he was, because Godfather, or God, part one kind of is what made Al Pacino. Yeah, as I'm looking, like, after that, before The Godfather, there's, like, two movies that anyone would maybe have even heard of. And I'm too far from the microphone For again. those of you uh, listening currently, which is all of you probably at the moment, this is the 40th anniversary this yes. year of this film. In December, though. In December. It's December 20th of 1974. Are we in August yet? We this? are in August. Okay. Yes. It's July right now. <laughs> we should stay on top of things for you, yes. the listeners, so we will never have to miss an episode, which I think it's been almost a year since, since we've, we've missed, missed an episode. Yeah. So there. Yeah, because I finally got or rid of... Or it's been over a year. I finally got rid of the apology, apology episode, episode, which was before Easy Rider, I do believe. 
Because I wow. have all, I have all the I have all the podcast episodes up until Easy Rider on my computer still. Snap. And I'm pretty positive. I'm pretty positive the apology one was there. It's no longer on the listing. I just ditched it completely because I figured it was it was stupid. Now if people started listening to the show, yeah. and then randomly in the midst of the episodes they had an apology episode, so mm-hmm. I just ditched it. So it's it's a lost track. Ooh, special archives of speaking top of lost things. Completely off top, wild topic change. Did you see that they found a lost episode of Seinfeld? No, really. Yeah, I saw that on the internet yesterday. I didn't read it because I don't watch Seinfeld. I, or I, I haven't did not watched know Seinfeld, that. but that's intriguing. Okay, How do you lose an episode of a TV show. Back on track at this huh. time. Okay, yes. <laughs> um, I don't have a cute summary for this, so I'm just going to read you the summary. <laughs> The early life and career of Vito Corleone in 1920s New York is portrayed while his son Michael expands and tightens his grip on his crime syndicate stretching from Lake Tahoe, Nevada to pre-revolution 1958 Cuba. So, okay. Directed by Francis Ford Coppola. Should we say who it's starring? Oh, we must. Well, yes, yes, yes. Al Pacino, Robert De Niro, Robert Duvall, Diane Keaton, John Cazale, Talia Shire, Lee Strasberg... Um, Harry Dean Stanton's in there for a minute. Yeah, in the end of the movie. Um, the guy who plays Junior Soprano is in this movie. He's Johnny Ola, which my dad called me one day when he was driving home from work to tell me because <laughs> we were in the middle of watching The Sopranos. Um, James Caan is in it at the very end. Spoilers. Yeah, there's gonna be spoilers for yeah, this. I'm so sorry. if you haven't seen the second Godfather, don't don't listen to me. Because trust us, and we probably already mentioned it on past podcasts and including the beginning of this. Yeah, we like this movie. Yeah, we, we like, like this movie. I've two. never seen the third one, so I can't speak to it. I but want Jeff to wanted to borrow it, my Blu-rays because he wanted to watch. He's going to watch the like special features disc. And I was just going to let him keep the set. And then I'm like, but I want to watch the third one because I've never seen it. So give me them. I back. seriously, I, 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 I might should, do it tomorrow. I should rewatch part three again. Now not that for I'm the older, podcast, not for the podcast, but I should rewatch. Oh, it I shouldn't eat that because do not eat the Tootsie Roll, roll, roll. Do the Tootsie Roll. No, not that song. Not that never song. Never been to a wedding. Okay. Anyways. <laughs> Called Wreck Night in eighth grade, there, homeboy. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also let me see the, the Tootsie Roll. Anyways, cannot believe there's a really inappropriate dance for it too. You basically just hump the floor. The Godfather, yeah, <laughs> podcast. Yeah, Godfather well, Part you two. gave them to me. It's your fault. Yes. Anyways, um, I'm not eating them. God, I lost my train of thought too. No, no, we like these movies. Yes, trust we us. do. And yeah, I want to watch. We're talking part about the three. third one. That's I want to watch part three because I, I'm, I feel like I'm one of the few people who like part three. It got nominated for a bunch of Oscars. Yeah, it it got, can't be that bad. But like everyone, because it's so far away from the first two, yeah. That I understand that what happened was it got this, it got this idea in a lot of the fans of the movies that well, it's too far separated, and that it is. Not necessarily necessary for the plot. Like, you're okay with how this movie ends, but it does wrap up Michael's story. Yeah. Basically. So, and I think that's the, I think that's the reason why they made it. And, you know, yeah, they could have made part three immediately after they made this one. Because this was two years after the first one. Because it's 72, 74, yeah. and 90. So, but it's at the same time, I, I understand why they waited so that actually the actors could legitimately age a little bit. Yeah. And be a little closer to their, you know, their counterpart characters at the time. 
Yeah. But I mean, I recommend watching part three if you've never seen it. I recommend. I have. And hell, recommend. I recommend I mean, obviously it's watching still this movie. Directed by Coppola. It's still made by the same yeah. people. It has a sixty meta score and a seven point six out of ten. Yeah. It's not that, and also guess what? First two are on this list. Third one's not, no. and that's the same thing. A lot of people just oh, say, I, cl- Don't I bumped watch the wrong it. one. <laughs> You're clicking on stuff. Hold on. What? And we're back. <laughs> we were talking about the first one, so you don't don't know what there happens. There was some secret shit. There was that secret just just shit. I don't know if you're gonna edit out that big blank spot. I'm debating. You might want to because I it, should it, put in like elevator music during that. Entire you time. really should. <laughs> yeah, because otherwise there's just gonna be this big gap of silence. And I'm sorry if that happened to me when I listened to a podcast. I think my phone freaked out, so or that I'm about to get a phone call. So what you just did is you caused. Everybody to stop and look at their phone. If you put elevator music in, (laughs) I should really put like I should put like elevator music of the Godfather theme if I can find it. I could put that on there. Okay. Anyways. Okay. So, anyways, welcome back to the podcast. I guess. (laughs) Okay. Jeff. Yes, Lindsay. Awards and technology. No, what what did we start calling it? Oh my god. Awards and stuff. Awards and stuff. Yeah. Because it's stuff. It's stuff and things with Jeff. Yeah. And then, yeah. Yeah, it's awards and, and whatnot. <laughs> Sometimes, yeah. Well, maybe it was awards and whatnot. Because we already I think had, it is awards and because whatnot. Because we already had the stuff and things with Jeff, and we didn't want to do the stuff again. Uh, so. I have a- more things I have to tell you, but I have to wait till we're off mic. Awesome. About why the movie, that certain movies on this list shouldn't be where they are on this list, oh, in my opinion. interesting. Yeah. We'll okay. talk about it. We're going to have lengthy talk conversations. Talk about it in 31 movies. Yes, in 31 <laughs> movies. And then our bonus episodes apparently at the end are just going to be us. Well, we still talked about that. that yeah. Maybe we just talk about why these should not be. Because we kind of talk about them individually. Mm-hmm. But we should just re reorder the list. That was a I don't want to reorder all maybe, 100. No, no, no. Like the top 20. Put, make our own top, make 25, our own top 25 from then, the list. And then we should discuss why Oh, that's perfect. It. We should do our top 25 in, of, these of, these, of these 100. Yeah, Pick yeah. our top 25 individually. So, oh, it's brilliant. Okay. So, hi, guys. Basically, we're attempting <laughs> to find ways to not end this show, if you haven't realized that by now. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. We're really off track today. Nah, we're only 10 minutes in. Anyways, awards and whatnot with... B. With Jeffrey. Hi. So this Jeffrey. film. Hi, it's me. Um, so this film has 34 total award nominations. Okay. It had 11 Academy Award nominations. Go figure. Out of those 11, it won six awards. Okay. However, the awards that it had been nominated for but did not win when it, it comes include. to the Akakaskurs. Akakaskurs. The Academy Award. Did you try to say Academy Awards and then divert it to Oscars in the middle? The Akakaskurs. Welcome to the Akasters. I almost choked in my own spit just now. That was awesome. The Akakasters. Okay. The Akakasters Award. I'm using that now. That's going to be what's called. Sorry, folks. We've got 30 more movies where it's going to be called the Akakasters Awards. All right. So the films that it were the uh, the awards that it had been nominated for Oscar wise and did not win would be uh, Best Costume Design. Uh, sorry. Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Talia Shire. So that would be. Connie. Connie. Uh, or, also, Adrian from yes. Rocky. I was going to say, because we, we were talking about that off my, or uh, yeah, while, while we were watching the movie, that we've actually, a lot of people who are in The Godfather Part 2, and actually, I'm 
pretty sure obviously part one as well with Marlon Brando have appeared in other movies on this hundred list too because this is our first Robert De Niro or sorry this is our first Al Pacino movie but it's not our first Robert De Niro film it's not our first uh, uh, Talia Shire film like there's there's people uh, it's not our first Diane Keaton film like no. there's a lot of these actors and actresses that have appeared in other films on this list so Anyways, uh, Best Actress in a Supporting Role for Talia Shire. Uh, Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Lee Strasberg. Best Actor in a Supporting Role for Michael V. Gazzo. Best Actor in a Leading Role for Al Pacino. Those were the ones that were nominated for but did not win. Okay. The film, the awards that they uh, they did, in fact, win was Best Music, Original Dramatic Score for Nino Rota and Carmine Coppola. Carmine Coppola, which I'm probably stealing one of your trivia pieces for, is Francis Ford Coppola's father. Don't think you stole that from me. Okay, you may have stolen it from the first movie. It probably would be from the first one. Uh, Oscar uh, winner, or sorry, uh, best art direction, set decoration, best writing slash screenplay adapted from other material. You know why it won best set decoration? Because hmm. that very innately carved box, <laughs> or innate, on not innately, desk. or innately carved box on Michael's desk in the Just beginning of the movie. Just that piece. Yep. The Academy went and, damn son. And the lamp that looks like cigarettes. It looked like a pack of like the shade looked like a pack of cigarettes. It has this decoration at the top that kind of looks like filters, or at least like the band that used to be on some like or else, like mm-hmm. on some cigars and yeah. stuff that's what it looked like it looked like a bunch of cigarettes giant cigarettes uh, the film also won best director for Francis Ford Coppola best actor in a supporting role for Robert De Niro and best picture the movie became I'm stealing this one it's got to be on your trivia the movie became the first sequel to ever yep. win an Academy Award for best picture Ooh, Scarface is gonna which be is Friday. awesome um, so basically oh, I just realized while reading all this this film had three actors from it that were in the best actor in a or, or best actor or actress in a supporting role. There was three best actors in a supporting role Jeez. from this film and one best actress in a supporting role. So Goodness. Lee Strasberg, Michael V. Gazzo, and Robert De Niro were all up for best actor in a supporting role, all for the same film. And then Robert De Niro won. Yeah. Because why, as you said... We're not going to talk about it just yet. Is that in your trivia? Yes. Damn it! I read the trivia to you. <laughs> oh, I thought you... I didn't know that was actually part of your trivia. Yeah. I thought that was you just making about, an obvious observation. About his, one, of th- one of the things about his Oscar. Yeah. Yeah, no, I... I didn't know that was actually in your no, trivia. No, because then I read that list of people. Just continue. I don't remember the list of people now. Okay. Okay. So, uh, and then the film was entered into the National Film Registry in 1993. You want to tell the fun fact about the script? The fun fact about the script. About it being in the museum? Oh, yes. Sorry. I completely forgot about that. The um, original script for this film is in the, uh, oh, crap. What was it called? The The National Museum of Cinema in... Mmm, Tuslin? Oh my goodness, I'm spacing on the name of the actual location of the uh, the thing. Uh, basically, the original shooting script for the film is in a national film of cinema. It's not in, it's not like at the Academy or anything or anything like that. Um, hold on, I got part two open. Where is it at? In, oh, Turin. I'm an idiot. It's okay. You know, Turin, the same, you know, in Italy, basically. Uh, yeah. You know, like the Shroud of Turin and all that yeah. stuff. Yeah, same place. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> they're really good for, like, either shrouds and uh, crap pieces of scripts, apparently. No, good. so uh, it's in a... Holy Relics. Holy Relics. It's the Godfather Part Two. That actually is probably not far from the truth for some film people. And me. A little bit. And you, apparently. <laughs> so, really. yeah. It's a so, little extreme. 
I love The Godfather, but that's a little extreme. But never to never to compare it with like the Bible. <laughs> no, probably not. Not, not. that holy. Not no, that holy and, and no. respected. So no. All right. Well, that is all. That is all I have for okay. the fun stuff. I have not yet yawned this episode. I'm, I'm about to start doing trivia. And what impressed. do I feel like I need to do? You need to yawn. Yeah, I think I Lindsay, do. It is or six burp. O'clock. I can't tell which one. Uh preferably um, you shouldn't. Burp. It's six o'clock. I got up at four. Yeah. Like every day yeah, yeah. to go to work. And we've been sitting watching movies and eating. Oh, by the way, we did in fact go eat Italian Feeling food. food. Jeff took a picture. I did take a picture of our I just meal finished last of my garlic bread because I ordered extra garlic bread to bring home mm-hmm. to eat during the movie. I just finished it before we started recording. Yep. So we did, we went and got food. So, so you guys are lucky that you can't smell my breath right now. <laughs> Jeff, on the other hand. <sighs> <laughs> Okay. I'm enjoying myself over here. Excuse me while I do the rest Actually, of the podcast. Actually, I don't have to yawn. With my hand across my mouth. You're going to burp, aren't you? No, I think it's just air stuck in my body. <laughs> oh, you mean your lungs? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> the normal so, air. <laughs> Jeff stole the first trivia I steal your trivia pen. To prepare for his role, Robert De Niro lived in Sicily. Francis Ford Coppola had a horrible time directing The Godfather and asked a Asked to pick a different director for the sequel while taking the title of producer for himself, he chose Martin Scorsese, who the film executives rejected. Thus, Coppola agreed to direct the film with a few conditions. And then Coppola made Goodfellas. (laughs) Ah, Scorsese. Sorry, Scorsese. (laughs) That's what I meant. You know what I meant. I know. That's why I was correcting. And I think, I wonder if that's the reason why he ended up making it. I wonder if it was like some subconscious... Like, well, I, mean, I have to do. We've I talked do about this like on the that. Goodfellas episode, mm-hmm. but Goodfellas is based on a book. It's not like he just oh, yeah. pulled it out of his butt. But, like, I feel like the directing wise of it, like, because again, Godfathers were based on a book, too. Yeah, but Goodfellas but is more modern. Yeah. But, like, I feel like it was, like, subconscious to Scorsese that he never got a chance to make a god, like, a mob movie, yeah. like a Godfather movie. Yeah. And that was his And then he made Goodfellas, and then he made um, The Departed. The Departed was and- a great film. I like that. I like that Departed too. That's a good like. I, that's what's that's Irish mob, isn't it? Yes, that that's in Boston. Oh, still good With the though. Stadies. Still good. Are we on a period? Watch that movie. They, watch that movie. If anything, for Marky Mark's <clears throat> acting. <laughs> but guys, we found a Transformer. <laughs> Sorry, not what we're talking about. What? No. Marlon Brando and Robert De Niro are the only two actors to ever win separate Oscars for playing the same character. Brando won Best Actor for The Godfather in 72, and De Niro won Best Supporting Actor for this movie, both in the role of Vito Corleone. That's one. one. That's interesting. So this film had a lot of firsts when it comes mm-hmm. to the awards that it won. Interesting. Though it claims to be based on the novel by Mario Puzo, only the scenes about the young Vito Corleone have any basis in the book. Only one chapter in the book is devoted to Vito's youth and young adulthood. The story revolving around Michaels and his family in Las Vegas is entirely unique to the film. Which, if you watch the movie... Jeff just got up and, like, log-rolled across the room <laughs> to his bed to get something I and freaked me out. Sorry. Uh, it's hot in here. Um, actually, you know, it's, it's funny. If you watch this film, you can kind of tell, like, with the flashbacks that it almost feels like they wanted to do a full movie just about Vito's, like, rise, but they they didn't. Like, it almost feels like they were, they, they tried inner, like, inner, inner weaving. That's the word. <laughs> inner wide. We're good with words today. Making it in the thing. Um, it feels like they the tried the com- adding Michael's stuff into it. Yes. I, I mean, part of me almost feels like it was an afterthought, but at the same time, it does continue Michael's story. So you do need it. Indeed. So. 
Um, when little Vito arrives at Ellis Island, he is marked with a circled X. Ellis Island immigrants were marked with this if the inspector believed the person had a mental defect. So they weren't X-Men? No. Oh. I know. <laughs> um, Coppola considered bringing Marlon Brando back to play Vito Corleone as a young man, convinced that he could play at any age. As he worked on the script, though, he remembered Robert De Niro's exceptional audition for The Godfather and cast him without offering the part to Brando. Ouch. The movie's line, keep your friends close, but your enemies closer, was voted as the number 58 movie quote by the AFI. I was wrong. What? Um, okay, so I am Sicilian. Jeff is Sicilian. I am half Sicilian, like on my father's side. My grandfather totally pulled a veto, came over on a boat in the early 1900s and changed our family's last name. So, um... Where actually my grandfather's from Catania, uh, Catania, Catania, Sicily. Okay. They're from Corleone, Sicily, which right. is closer to Palermo. Right. So actually we're on the opposite side of the country. Oh. Okay. The opposite side of the island. Of that's the tiny island. That's like no bigger than like Texas yeah. or something. So. <laughs> um. So sorry, I just wanted to correct myself. According to Francis Ford Coppola in the DVD commentary, Michael V. Gazzo gave such a great performance in the rehearsal of his testimony scene that Coppola wanted to start filming it immediately, but everyone had to break for lunch. During the break, Gazzo got drunk and was unable to perform as well as he had in rehearsal. Huh. Robert De Niro spent four months learning to speak the Sicilian dialect in order to play Vito Corleone. Nearly all the dialogue that his character speaks in the film was in Sicilian. And it's very, like, convincing. Which I am convinced is why he won the Oscar. Mm -hmm. But I'll get to that trivia in a minute here. Um, that piece of music is not trivia. No. Originally, the actors in the flashback scenes wore pants with zippers. One of the musicians pointed out that zip, the zipper had not yet been invented, so some of the scenes had to be reshot with button fly trousers. Oh, my. And you know what? That would have been a digital fix notice. Uh-huh. They would have just CG'd it, which would have been a terrible, like, we need about 10 grand so we can CG the zippers off of the pants. Right. Can we do that? Paramount. Marlon Brando was scheduled to return for a cameo in the flashback at the end, but because of the way Paramount treated him during The Godfather, he did not show up for shooting on the day the scene was filmed. Coppola rewrote the scene without Vito, and it was filmed the next day. James Kahn asked that he be paid the same amount to play of money to play Sonny Corleone at the end of the film in the flashback as he was paid to do The Godfather, and he got his wish. That's nuts. Show up for like three hours worth of filming. But not even that, because that was like one long take almost yeah. for the most part. Oy. Um, okay, so you pronounce it Corleone. Yeah. And I know they do that in the film. I always pronounce it Corleone. I think it works either way. And I'm Italian. I should look it up. Alright, keep going. The ship was shown ship words are hard. The ship shown <laughs> transporting the young Vito to to New York was the Mushulu? Mashalu? Mushulu. Mashulu. Mashulu. There you go. The ship is now a restaurant docked at Penn's Landing in Philadelphia. <laughs> Okay. There was much debate over whether Robert De Niro should grow a mustache for the scenes where young Vito is a few years older, but De Niro insisted. For the scene where Vito returns to Sicily, he gained weight and wore a smaller version of the dental appliance Marlon Brando wore in The Godfather Part 1. Oh, okay. Merle Johnson is played by Troy Donahue, whose real name is Merle Johnson. <laughs> Interesting. Mm-hmm. So, if you have an Italian accent, you would pronounce it Corleone. So, I can say Corleone and it's yeah. fine. 
And the American way of pronouncing it would be Corleone. So I've actually been saying their last name wrong my entire life. My life is a lie, Lindsay. I'm sorry. I am very sad. This movie was filmed in 104 days. Does that make you feel any better? Not at all. Sorry. (laughs) There are a total of 16 deaths in the film. There are conflicting trivia facts within this trivia list. Because the body count is 21, including the baby. Oh, that's sad. I know. Spoilers! <laughs> oh, way, shoot. The uh, the correct Sicilian pronunciation... Oh, Lord. Would, well, you have to do something. I thought you fixed it. I, I fixed it. Uh, would be uh, Coriane. Okay. Because the L... There is no L in Sicilian for some reason. I think, like, the L is not pronounced that way. Like, okay. it's pronounced a little bit differently. Okay. Which is ironic because, you know, Sicily, well, right? I'm going to keep saying uh, Corleone. And that's you fine. you can just deal with it. The movie and says it Corleone. Can deal with it. I just wanted to correct it so nobody was like, ah, we're pronouncing the name. And I'll wrong. probably say Corleone eventually anyway, because I'll just do that. You know what? That's it. They're now Corleone. <laughs> Corleone. That's it. That's their name. Corleone. Too bad, people. That's how we're going to pronounce it. Anyway, Ooh, as of 2010, Robert De Niro is one of only six actors with Sophia Loren, Roberto Benigni, Benicio del Toro, Marion Cotillard, and Christoph Waltz to win an Academy Award for a role primarily in a language other than English since almost all of his dialogue is in Italian. Interesting. Actually, it's in Sicilian. Not I should Italian. have looked up what those other. Did, did they list with those other. Well, by chance? I Roberto. Mean, I I was trying to think of him when you were telling me that. Marion Cotillard that's, that's is for La yeah. okay, for Levian Rose. Yeah. Benicio del Toro, I'm not sure. <laughs> in all fairness, you really can't understand him in most no. of the movies that he does. I can tell you what Christoph Waltz was for. That's going to be for what in Glorious Bastards. Bastards. Um, who are the other ones? Uh, Sophia Loren and Roberto Benini. Let me look those. Oh, Roberto, uh, Roberto Benini. I remember that one because that's the one where he showed up and he was like bouncing all around the stage because he won. That life is beautiful. Is that it? Let me look it up. Let me look it up. You keep talking. Why for some? Oh yeah, that's Roberto Benini. There was six actors, right? Yep. Lee Strasberg came out of retirement to play Hyman Roth after a specific request from Al Pacino. He was unwilling at first, but agreed to do it after a meeting, forty-five minute meeting with Francis Ford Coppola's. Father, Carmine Coppola. Carmine, there you go. The musical play performed in the film Senza Mama was actually an early 20th century play composed by Francis Ford Coppola's grandfather, Francesco Panino. Hmm. Early buzz on The Godfather was so positive that a sequel was planned before the film was finished filming. Robert De Niro auditioned for and was almost cast in The Godfather in a minor role. When Coppola was casting the film, he saw Mean Streets and knew he wanted De Niro for the major role in the sequel. We kind of said that already. Oh, I found him. Okay. Okay, here we go. Sophia Loren. We're going to go from the beginning. Uh, Sophia Loren won for Two Women, 1961. Okay. I've actually never seen that because she spoke Italian, obviously, because it's Sophia Loren. Uh, Robert De Niro won, obviously, for this one. Uh, Then uh, Marley Matlin. Marley Matlin. Was that on that list? No. Best actress. She okay. won for Children of a Lesser God. Oh, American Sign Language. Okay, no. so they left her off because it wasn't yeah. an actual That's spoken, spoken language. dialect. Okay. Uh, Roberto Benini won for Life is Beautiful, Beautiful in 98. Del Toro for... Uh, won for Traffic. Traffic. Thank you. I almost Spanish. said Crash. It's Traffic. And then... I get those Christoph two Waltz. movies confused. Christoph Waltz is for Inglorious Bastards, correct? Uh, yes. And then he went uh, for Inglourious uh, Bastards. God, that scene is so creepy. There was two other that were, um, 
Nominated but didn't win? Uh, that were, well, there's been a ton that have been nominated, okay. but they did not, win. I mean, like over the last handful of years, because yeah. you got like, uh, oh, geez, I'm trying to find people that you might know. That's the problem. Carol Kane. I know who Carol Kane no, is. No, 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 no. Like, uh, she won or she got nominated for Best Actress for Hester Street because she spoke Yiddish. Okay. I didn't I've know seen that. Scrooge now. So I know who Carol Kane is. I enjoy Scrooge. I do too. It it is good. A very I think we good talked about this on the last movie. episode. Um, yeah, I mean, there's been there's been a ton of actors over the actors and actresses over the years, but I Penelope Cruz got nominated for Best Actress for Volver in 2006. I don't know. Oh, then she and then she okay, then she won Best Supporting Actress for Vicky Cristina and Barcelona. Vicky Cristina Barcelona. Yep. There's no and. Yeah, I know. Vicky I just Barcelona. Have it. Uh, um, but that was the Best Supporting Actress, okay. and those were obviously Best Actor yes. actresses. And well, Marion Cotillard for Love Vian Rose. Yep. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. yeah, that was correct. Okay. For French, and she spoke French, so yeah. Okay. Onward. Onward and upward. <laughs> Filming was delayed for a month after Al Pacino developed pneumonia on location in Santo Domingo. Uh, I'm sick. Lee Strasberg became ill during shooting, but instead of delaying production, Ross' character was rewritten to be an ailing old man. Interesting. Francis Ford Coppola, having nearly been fired several times from the first film, was given a Mercedes-Benz limousine from Paramount as a reward for the record success of The Godfather and an incentive to direct a sequel. He agreed on the on the conditions we mentioned before. The sequel should, or sorry, these are the conditions that he agreed to. That, like I mentioned, he said mentioned he would do there it. Was, there were yeah, conditions. Here are the right. conditions. That the sequel be interconnected with the first film with the intention of later showing them together. That he be allowed to direct his own script of The Conversation from 1974. That he be allowed to direct a production for the San Francisco Opera. And that he be allowed to write the screenplay for The Great Gatsby that was from 1974. All prior to production for the sequel for a Christmas 1974 release. He had to do all those things. He had to be allowed to do all those things so bef- before he would do it for Chris. Or yeah, I did not know he wrote the screenplay for the original Great Gatsby. Mm-hmm. I for some with Robert Redbro. Rob, is that the with Robert Redbro? Yeah, is that writers. the original Francis Ford Coppola and F. Scott Fitzgerald? That's yeah. the one that everybody knows. With well, Robert now Redford in the Leo one, Mia Farrell, yeah. Stern. I did not know he wrote the script for that. I didn't either. Was that on our list? No. That wasn't on the list, no. right? Okay. Because so look, check out the scores on that one. Yeah, That's not on our list. Meta score to 43. Look up the Leo one. <laughs> Leo. <laughs> Meta score 55. So actually, the newer ones did slightly better. Yeah. The newer wise. one's not terrible. No, no. Talia Shire was only paid $1,500 for playing Connie in the first movie. For the second movie, she received $30,000 with a $10,000 bonus when the box office receipts hit $27.5 million. It's a nice little, like, considering she's not in the movie that much. In an early version of the script, an ongoing storyline was Tom Hagen having an affair with Sonny Corleone's widow. This was later discarded, but the line where Mark Michael Corleone says Hagen can take his wife, children, and mistress to Las Vegas was kept. Interesting. I'm a little sad. Spoilers for part three. What? Um, Tom's not in it. Aww, bummer. They explain why, but... Okay. So they, it's not just like, oh, Tom's gone. Like, they don't just... It's not just like he's completely written off, but I wish he was in it. Although Nino, Nino Rota's score for The Godfather was withdrawn... 
an Oscar nomination because he reused the same theme from his previous score for Fortunella from 1958. He was still awarded the best Oscar uh, Oscar for best original score for the sequel, even though it still used the same love theme from the first film. Awesome. <laughs> uh, the guy who plays, um, oh, shoot, I'm just going to read his name, Michael V. Gazzo, okay. who plays uh, Tatalia, mm-hmm. was cast a day before shooting began. You know, it's those types of casting choices that I enjoy. <laughs> Editing continued up until the release date. Vito's birthday is December 7th. Sonny curses Yay. at the Japs for dropping bombs in Hawaii on his father's birthday. I didn't mean to say the Japs in a derogatory way. It's no, in no, a quote. that's quote. Yep. You said September or December? December. Oh, December 7th is probably Mine is September. Yes, yours is September. I was confused. I'm like, that didn't happen in September. No. That didn't happen on my birthday. No. No. <laughs> Test screenings of the film garnered negative reactions from the audience. They found cutting back and forth between Michael and young Vito confusing and bothersome. Coppola and his editors decided to decrease the frequency of the transitions in order to make the parallel stories easier to follow. People were stupid. Hey, the first time I saw this movie in college, I saw it my sophomore year of college because I was watching it. I was taking a like literature and in film class or a film and some weird class that I thought was going to be awesome because it was a movie class and it fulfilled um, an interdisciplinary study credit, which were next to impossible to find. And I needed it to graduate. We watched this movie for that. And I did not pay attention half the time, so it was very confusing. I will say this, though. I mean, they they mentioned that the original cut confused people. This has obviously been, re, like you said, This it's is been the re-edited. extended cut, by the way. There's an original cut that's only 200 minutes instead of 220. So it just had three hours. Yeah. I would, I mean, I, I guess, I guess so he must, so he cut back and forth between their stories a hell of a lot more often than he did right now where they did like little parts instead oh that's not that interesting in reality so it's interesting i would i guess i guess i can't say people are stupid because technically they were seeing a different print than we saw right and it might very well have been confusing if you weren't paying attention the golden telephone presented to cuban director fulgencio batista do you know how i know it's fulgencio Hmm. even though it's spelled weird modern family because they named the kid Fulgencio. Oh. <laughs> F-U-L-G-E-N-C-I-O. Fulgencio Batista. Is based on an actual event. You can see the actual gold-plated, not solid gold telephone in Havana's Museum of the Revolution, formerly Batista's presidential palace. The replica made for the movie looks pretty much like the original. No reference to the film is made in the information card on the telephone on display in the museum, however. <laughs> This was voted as, voted as the seventh greatest film of all time by Entertainment Weekly, thus being the most highly ranked sequel on their list and only six rankings behind its predecessor, as opposed to the 30, 30 movies it's behind on this list. Yep. But in all fairness, there's a crap ton of more movies on this list. And it's Entertainment Weekly, and sometimes I just can't take to heart what they say. Used to, but I'm having some issues with them recently, so. Who? Entertainment Weekly. Yeah. Some of their writers are a little... And biased. This was the last film printed in the U.S. in the classic Imbibition. Imbibition. I-M-B-I-B-I-T-I-O-N. Imbibition. Technicolor dye transfer process, which produced better color accuracy and longevity than color print films of the time. The British and Italian lines were not shut down until a few years later. The British equipment was purchased by the Beijing Film and Video Lab in 1978 and used to print Chinese color films until the early 1990s. Average advanced bookings for this movie 
totaled $26 million in 340 theaters. A lot of money. There's a lot of money. Sorry, I'm looking up Imbibition. I've never even heard of this. Um, this is interesting. It's not interesting. It's not interesting. Here. This First is number. <laughs> Imbibition is defined as the displacement of one fluid by another immiscible fluid. Okay. This process is controlled and affected by a variety of factors. It's boring crap. Okay, sorry. Continue, please. This is ranked number three on the AFI list of the ten greatest films in the genre of gangster. Ooh, I need to look up that list. We've read this list, I think, a couple of times. The gangster one? Yeah. Oh, we probably read it for Goodfellas, didn't we? Maybe. And then, here, I'll look it up. Just okay. make sure. Make sure it's the list. Like, the top three, I think, are Godfather Part Two, Goodfellas, and The Godfather, I think is how it goes. Mm. Type faster. Fingers. Don't work. That one? It's not loading. Hold on. Oh, okay. I'm like, what? Uh, We're getting to the spoilers Oh, now. you know what? We what? read it for Bonnie and Clyde. Oh, yep. Yeah. Scarface, Little Caesar, Public Enemy. The Public Enemy, the original one, yeah. not the new one. Pulp Fiction, No, Scarface. but I'm right on the top three, right? It's Godfather Part Two, Goodfellas, The Godfather. Yep. 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 Yeah. We read it for, Which I think is for fair. Bonnie and Clyde. Okay. Spoilers. That would be a good list, though. It would be. Just throwing that We've out We've seen there. half of them, though. Yeah, but it's got Scarface with Al Pacino and then the original Scarface. Nice. Okay, spoilers. Spoilers! Originally, Kay was truly to have had a miscarriage. It was Talia Shire's idea that she would have an abortion instead as the ultimate way to hurt Michael. To thank her for this idea, Coppola wrote in the scene in which she tearfully asked Michael to forgive Fredo, which is probably how she won the Oscar, or got nominated for the Oscar. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um... Co-authors Mario Puzo and Coppola disagreed over whether Michael should have Fredo killed. Coppola only agreed on the condition that Michael would wait until after their mother was dead. It also worked out well for them because John Cazale passed away before they made the third one anyway. The presence of oranges in all three Godfather movies indicates that a death or assassination attempt will soon happen. This wasn't the first movie of trivia facts I ever knew. Mm-hmm. The senator is framed for murder after playing with oranges at the Corleone house, and Johnny Ola brings an orange into Michael's office before the attempt on Michael's life. Finucci eats an orange just before he's gunned down, and Michael is eating an orange while plotting to kill Roth. However, after the young Vito Corleone buys oranges from a street vendor, no immediate related deaths occur. That is true. That is the I was the. Glad you brought that he up. He probably did it the, on purpose. That's the one time while watching it. He like, probably did it purposefully. Because at that point, you kind of were like, you could have easily gathered like, okay, there's always oranges before somebody dies. What's going to happen to him? Oh, he's fine. <laughs> After the deceased, Mama Corleone, Morgana King only appeared, oh, sorry, as the deceased. Oh, I got it. Morgana King only appeared in the coffin for the establishing shot where her face is clearly visible. In all other shots, Coppola's mother, Italia Coppola, stood in for Mrs. King since she initially refused to be in the coffin at all. Huh. Crazy people and their fear of death. According to Robert De Niro in The Godfather Family, A Look Inside from 1990, he suggested the idea of Vito wrapping his gun with a towel before he shoots Finucci. Hmm. It's an interesting little touch because it basically does kind of silence it slightly and hide it. The shooting script included a scene with an older, diabetic Michael talking with an 18-year-old Anthony, but the scene was cut. The discarded scene also included Connie saying that Fredo drowned in the lake. These ideas were eventually used in The Godfather Part 3. I'm just going to have to go home and watch it You have to go home and watch it. And according to the script, the movie's last shot in in the film centering on Michael as he gazes 
at the lake occurs in 1968. That accounts for Al Pacino's additional wrinkles and slightly receded and graying hairline. It was actually the concluding aspect of a scene with his son, Anthony, who declares he will not follow in his father's footsteps. Anthony was portrayed by an actor about 18 years old. The scene was half filmed, but Coppola lost the light before wrapping for the day and was able unable to return to complete the scene. The end. So basically they they, used... they cut that scene because they couldn't finish filming yeah, it. Yeah, and they used one shot of the entire yeah. sequence, which is weird because if you look at it, he does look a little older than yeah. he's supposed to be. But I mean, point. the light is weird. Yeah. <laughs> I'm done. Lindsay's drunk. It's and I fine. Hiccup. I'm All right. done. No. So, um, I was a garlic have bread a handful of stuff and things. Okay. And, all and well, a ridiculous amount of inflation for like legit movie stuff. Like it makes up for like the last four movies that really didn't have a whole lot. Uh, what would you like me to do first, Lindsay? Your choice. Um, do stuff and things. And stuff and things. Nation. All right, number one. That's a tiny first communion. <laughs> Giant ass party. Number two. So at what point does Fredo move to the Midwest, befriend Christopher Walken, and go to Vietnam? Right. Uh, number three. So is the time between part two and part three when Kay moves to New York and dates Woody Allen? Yep. I only did those two. I promise I didn't keep doing any more. Um, number four, I want to put a quarter in Michael's son's bedside lamp and get a, th- get a gumball out right? of it. It looked like it was made out of gumballs. It did. Number five, you know they're a true Italian family because even with little food, Vito and his wife still have yeah, wine. Yeah, they're poor, but they still have wine. Number six, I want a solid gold 1950s telephone. Quote, unquote, solid gold. Air quotes. And finally, number seven, why is a barbershop also a black eye specialist? I was going to look up what black eye specialist meant. What does that even mean? I'm going to look it up. Because, I mean, I'm assume, I'm wondering if it's not a, like, because it I was... I really hope this is a Google safe search. <laughs> black eye specialist? What? Yeah, that's going to come off awesome. <laughs> what is a black eye specialist? Because I wonder if it is somebody who can get rid of black eyes. Because I'm like, because I mean, it was at a barbershop, so he'd be taking care of your hair and making you look better. So I wonder, because if it was in New York and there'd be a lot of fights, if they would take it's, care of it. Um, the reason it was at the barbershop, yeah. it's a person who specializes in helping gentlemen cover up having a late night of activities. Awesome. So it was essentially putting makeup on dudes to cover the bags under their eyes. Nice. That was the other thing I was wondering if it was. That's cool. <laughs> Sorry, it's on the window of the barbershop. Um... We back with Vito, younger Vito, and Robert De Niro. Uh, it was on the window of the barbershop when he oh when he goes to confront the uh, uh, the uh, lord uh, landlord for his family's friend. So apparently, there's a tattoo balm called Black Eye. It says the name Black Eye Natural derives from a rather odd part of tattoo history. It seems that back in the early days of America history and tattooing, that tattoo artists could make a good side income by helping day laborers hide the effects of their drunken escapades from the night before. <laughs> This was a thing that is awesome. <laughs> How did they do it? What did they do? Was According it just... to the Tattoo Archive, this strange income stream was a function of the strong manufacturing center that used to provide millions of American men labor daily at shipping docks, construction sites, and storage warehouses. These men would need to look their best in order to be hired for the day, and that meant two things, a haircut and a clean shave. Which is why they would also for this do it reason, there. yeah, barbershops were very important back in those days. Of course, single men looking for work are also known for a couple of other things: tattoos and drunken carousing. Necessarily, then, tattoo shops and barbers were often located in close proximity or even in the same place of business. As well as the potential laborer could 
Well, a potential laborer could easily hide a tattoo waiting for work and could even do his best to stand up straight through a raging hangover, but if a night became too rowdy and a black eye was the result, then getting a job that day would certainly be harder. The culture of early America gave birth to the Black Eye Specialist, a shop that probably specialized in helping American men cover up last night's activities so he could get back up and work hard the next day. So essentially, it was putting it was makeup to cover up black eyes. I enjoy so literally a black eye specialist. That a part of our culture was a business that would make it look like we were it's irresponsible kind of- with our night and partied and drank and fought and then would show up and lie about what we did the previous night. And this helped cover that up. I love that that is a part of our culture. Go America. <laughs> oh my goodness, that is ridiculous. Apparently, yeah, it's all tattooing websites because that's apparently what tattoo artists also did on the side. Like wow. how barbers were also surgeons. Right. Because they- That's crazy. That's the most fun trivia effect I've ever read. I am so excited we got onto that tangent because that is epic. That is a great piece of trivia. I'm so happy. Woo! <laughs> All right, well, that was all that I had for stuff and things, so let me move okay. on to Inflation Nation. I'm still caught up by that. That's great. Okay, so Inflation Nation, there is two different times, and I specifically will mark when it's a different time because we have uh, prices from 1958, which is when all the Michael scenes are taking place, mm-hmm. and then in 1920, because there, I don't think there was anything in 1917 when Vito was younger. It was all later on, but it was 1920 when Vito's older and he's living with his family. Right. So I will specify. Always, if I don't specify, it was 1958. Okay. End of story. All right. $250,000 was the cost for the gambling license. That is the equivalent today of $2,057,000. That was what the, uh, that's what the guy actually wanted Michael to pay. Correction, for the cost. The actual price for the gambling license, according to Michael, was $20,000, which is the equivalent of $164,000. So Michael technically should have only paid $164,000, but that guy was extorting almost $2 million. So almost, yeah, almost $2 million out of him instead. Just ridiculous. Yep. $2 million, ironically, is the amount that Fredo brought ah. to Michael in Havana. Is the equivalent of sixteen million four hundred. Would you stop hitting? I'm so Look sorry. At the spike. I didn't mean to, and I moved the. You moved that. I'm sorry. There we go. I'm sorry. Okay. I threw my iPad and went to fix my hair. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, no, uh, the two million dollars that uh, Fredo brought to Michael and Nevada is the equivalent of sixteen point four million dollars. Okay. So it was a lot of money still that he brought, by the way, on the plane. Oh, okay. He said it was sitting in the seat next to him. Well, in reality, if it's in large bills, it wouldn't take up that much space. No, no, no. But at the same time, it's you're... It's a common misconception you, from film and television. You're carrying $16 million dollars in a bag. Yeah. <laughs> Still kind of like... I'm sure it was a bag kind of like my bag. Yeah. Not like... It's not like a canvas no, no. bag with a freaking dollar sign on it. That's how you get money from the banks. No... Actually, they do have bags like that, just not with the dollar sign on it. You, you That's also, how they bring in change. Yeah. <laughs> I know that part. Yeah. You also go swimming in your gold coins in a giant pool you made okay, inside Scrooge of a vault. McDuck. Ah, uh, yes. Ducktails. Woo. All right. Uh, One billion dollars. Yeah. The amount that the country, the U.S. has invested in, in Cuba. Cuba. That modern day equivalent is a lot. Yeah, Jeff couldn't get an inflation calculator to figure it out. All my inflation calculators stop at $10, 10 million. dollars. So... I can't get anything over than 10 I haven't had to get anything over 10 million dollars. 
So, so you couldn't yeah. have figured out in 1974 what $26 million would have translated to for inflation to today? No. Wow. Because that's how much The Godfather had in 340 yeah. theaters. So it wouldn't let me, at least the one that I... At least, and that okay. was advanced bookings. Correction. At least the calculators that I use that allow me to calculate up until now. Gotcha. Because I have a calculator that will go up until 2011, uh, but that's three years yeah. and things are a little different. I'm trying to be as accurate as possible. So that's why I, I probably can figure it out as of 2011. I just don't want to. Right. Um, all right. I got you. This Lindsay's. hair has been like on my arm like all day. So like, thank you for it. just putting it on my floor. I just, appreciate it. vacuum. That. It's fine. It doesn't get vacuumed that often. Well, all right. $600 is the amount. <laughs> it's a lie. I vacuumed once a month. Um, the amount that. Hey, Vito- I lived in an apartment for nine months and never vacuumed. It was disgusting. $600 is the amount that Vito and his friends stole and resold in items, according to uh, Finucci. Yeah. That is the equivalent of about $7,000 in 1920. Okay. Uh, $200 is the amount that Finucci wants from Vito. Yep. Out of that, that's the equivalent of $2,300 in 1920. Okay. $50 is the amount from each of the two guys that Vito works with that he plans on giving to Finucci. Yep. Instead, that's the equivalent of $594 in 1920. I understand why he was a little mad. Yeah. Uh, and then $100 is the amount that Vito gives to Finucci in 1920. That's $1,100. So basically, Finucci wanted $2,300. Vito offered him $1,100. Gotcha. So he offered him half of what he wanted out of the money that they got. Right. Uh, $5. We're almost done. We got three more here. $5 is the amount that the new tenants of Don Roberto, the landlord, yep. pay more than Vito's family friend. That's the equivalent of $59. Okay. So 60 bucks more a month. So that's obviously why he's pretty took substantial. It. $10 is the amount of money Don Roberto says he'll lower the rent for yep. Vito's friend after he realizes who Vito is. It's not basically. really his friends, just his lady who asked for help. Yeah. Well, I kept saying like family friend yeah. because that's. Because I don't remember the name. I don't think they ever gave I don't, her name. They do, so. but I can't remember what her name was. Uh, that's $118 a month. Yeah. So he offered to lower almost 120 bucks a month because of Jeez Don. Louise. Vito. And then finally, a million dollars is the amount that Irene Roth offered Buenos Aires if he could live there. Who? Roth? Irene Roth? Hyman Roth? Hyman Roth. Who's Irene Roth? I don't know. I wrote that Hyman down. Hyman Roth. Hyman Roth. H-Y-M-A-N. Hyman Roth. Where the fuck did I get Irene? I know. It probably auto-corrected it, to Irene. It did, because what was I trying to spell out earlier? Uh, oh, I tried spelling Fanucci, and it yes. auto-corrected it to Canuck? Yep. I'm like, yeah, that's that's not it, autocorrect. No. And I forget what I write sometimes. So anyways... Sometimes um, it corrects only to Inky. It likes to correct ha-ha to Gaga, which means I'm typing apparently about Lady Gaga Gross. all the time. Yeah, Don't it's weird. Don't do that. Uh, so if I ever go Gaga to you, it's because I'm laughing. Well, what and did I say? I said, I inadvertently said, okie nope. <laughs> yes. Okie nope. Okie nope. That means like I agree, but no, I no. don't. Line. Uh, no. So the million dollars that uh, Hyman Roth offered Buenos Aires so he could live there is the equivalent of eight point two million dollars so he could live there. And that, my friends, is the end of all of my stuff. Inflation nation. Inflation nation and stuff. Lindsay. Jeffrey. Uh, final thoughts regarding the Godfather. Part I love the Godfather love part two. I can't Seriously. wait to watch the first one now. Yeah. That's the thing. And then I want to watch the third one. I might wait until after I've seen the first one again to watch the third one. We'll see. It I've might decided. Not or it might not hurt. <laughs> it might not help at all. <laughs> no, I agree. I like this movie. And honestly, I can I understand why a lot of people say the second one's better than the first one. I, I like the second one better than the first one, mm-hmm. I think. Maybe. It's not by much. And I'm trying to figure out why. 
Like, I'm trying to figure out what about the second one is... The first one, I think, is a little slow at points. Maybe. Okay. I could see that. Or a little hard to follow at points, maybe. Is it because, like, the story about this is all just about, you know where these characters are or Yeah, because it's kind of like any... Think about, like, you know, any, you know, first movie of a franchise. Mm-hmm. It's always a little... You're more invested in the second one because you understand, like, where the characters are coming from and you have more of an attachment to the characters because than you, you do. Because you spend the first half of the first movie just introducing everybody yeah. and building up that. Trying to keep track. You know, people straight is really hard in mm-hmm. actually both these movies. but Because there's a lot of people. I feel like it's harder in the first one because you don't know who everyone is anyway. Yeah. Trying to figure out how Tom Hagen is even remotely related to the Corleones is hard. Mm-hmm. And by the second film, you know all that yeah. stuff. So all you have to worry about is anybody new they introduced, which mm-hmm. they kind of do And then the plot itself. Quick. Yeah. <laughs> Plot's not important. Nah. Um, the reason it's on the list? Is because it's awesome. Okay. <laughs> because it's a good, I mean, there are what, three modern, like, mafia movies on this list? Yeah. It's Goodfellas, this, and the original Godfather. Mm-hmm. I think they're just good representations of because they're not they're not very sensationalized. They're pretty. It's pretty straightforward. I mean, it's, I mean, they're fiction, obviously, mm-hmm. but some of the stuff is based on things that happened. Just read any, you know, true crime book. Mm-hmm. You'll know. So, I mean, I think that's why they're not. That's why I don't think Scarface is on the list, because I know Scarface happened to some extent, but I think it is sensationalized. Not, quite yeah, a bit. not to the extent yeah. that it's displayed. Exactly. As. Whereas this is very much so like, yeah, this was the type of stuff there's that was no going There's no huge on. epic shootouts in reality. I mean, there's death scenes, but there's not like... But the death scenes Al Pacino are... doesn't punch down a door, kick down a door covered in cocaine with a machine gun. Yeah, we'll just say true. that. Though that Spoilers would be the for Scarface. ideal way that, Scar- that Michael Corleone should have gone out in the 80s. Oh, boy. <laughs> Say hello to my little friend. Uh, no, Don't ever uh, ask me about my business, Kay. <laughs> that is the first one. My business is my cocaine. Um, yeah, no, I would agree. Like This film feels very much so like I can buy that everything that you see in this movie happened to yeah. somebody. Like, it actually legitimately <laughs> happened to... People in the mob, people, in, yeah. you know, people involved, in it, and it was all business. It very much so is the whole. It's all business. Yeah, it's not. Don't ask me about my. Don't right. ever ask me about my business, Kay. It's all that. Like you can see, like Michael is just. Oh yeah, he owns casinos. He owns. Yep. Stuff like that. Like it's it's very much so realistic in sense. Lindsay is now rocking back and forth in the chair instead of having a legitimate conversation. I'm listening to your legitimate conversation. That's okay. Um. I've also been up since four. I know, I know, I know. It's okay, it's late. Uh, we're almost done. So. My mouth is on the spit guard. That's not how those work. No, it's not. <laughs> at all. No, so, uh, yeah, we understand uh, where it's at on the list. Because I think it should be higher, but that's just me. Mm-hmm. I, think... I feel the same way with Goodfellas. <laughs> I know. That's where, that's where it's going to come down. Our top 25 movies, for what we feel like the order of this list would be, is going to be completely different. Yeah. Uh, again, I know... Do the, the right least, thing's gonna be, yeah. like, number three. <laughs> Why the hell is Do the Right Thing in the 90s? That movie needs to be a hell of a lot lower. Um, maybe an interesting podcast, though, if, or episode, if we rewatched a couple of our movies that were the old ones and see if we still enjoyed them. Yeah. Just thinking. Or I'm just thinking them, of stuff. So or if now we hate them. Um, for some reason, <laughs> it turns out Do the Right Thing is a terrible film. No, I'm saying we wa- rewatch Sophie's good. Choice and see if it actually is as bad as we thought it was. <sighs> I might need to rewatch Blade Runner. That's true. That was really. I don't really, think I liked Blade Runner. That was really. But old. I don't remember. But no, um, 
Where it's at, yeah, I think it needs, it needs to be, be higher. higher. I don't think it needs to, I mean, I'm, I'm very happy it's in almost the top 30, but at the same time, I think it needs to be in the top 30. Yeah. It needs to be at least in the top 20. In my it opinion. needs to be in the top 25. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's a little too low. It is. For it, for Especially because some of the stuff that's above it, I'm just like, does E.T. really need to be above the e. Godfather part two? E.T. needs to be above the Godfather. Have you seen E.T.? You... I've never seen it all the way through, and I haven't seen it in a really, really, really long time. And if I have seen it all the way through, I haven't seen it in pushing 22 years. <laughs> Stop! Can we save this fight for when we watch Star Wars and we need oh. to have a referee in the room? Yeah, that one's going to be a fun episode. Oh no, God. I've already told you I know, we're not mic, talking so. about it. We're not talking about it. We have discussed it briefly off Yes. Mic. Anyway, next week... I have never seen next week's episode movie. Oh, I have. I've not seen it. I watched it in my intro to film class in college. I did a movie poster, like a fun movie poster for it years ago. I've never seen it. Is it, it kind of like Colin did Streetcar Named Desire, but he's never seen it? Yeah, probably, actually. He yeah. did it for the play, actually. Okay. That that project was for the play. See, and like I know this movie. By all means, I know what it's about. I know it's that... It's really good. Like, I know... I'm really excited. ...that the felt. It's the Maltese Falcon. Yes, with movie we're doing with Humphrey Bogart. Like I know that it's a the great movie. Falcon. The statue's a MacGuffin, isn't it? Maybe <gasps> we get to discuss the MacGuffin, don't yeah, we? So let's not talk about it now. <gasps> That's awesome. We yeah. get to, I get to talk about that next. We time. We can talk about film noir too, because yeah. it's what it is. I'm excited. Okay. That's gonna be cool. Let's save it for the next episode. Well, we always talk about the next movie for a little I bit. I know, but end, don't talk so. about ruining <laughs> aspects. I still haven't seen the movie. I can't ruin a movie okay. that I don't know about. That's true. <laughs> So at what point does Humphrey Bogart become an alien in this movie? Does that happen? Yes. Is that what the Maltese Falcon is? Yep. It's a ship that comes yep. down and lands and crashes, and it's he's the, like, it's, ah, you know, it's the home. mark, it's the Mark II of the Millennium Falcon. Ooh! I just used a lot of references all at once. <laughs> yup, pretty much. <laughs> wow. I just watched Star Wars last night. I'm probably gonna watch. I watched a new Hope last epic. night. I'm probably gonna watch it again tonight. That's what a pretty piece epic. of junk. <laughs> <laughs> well, with that, folks, I think we're done with this episode. It's all uphill from here, kids. Yay! <laughs> good night, Radio Rahim. Say good night, CK Dexterhaven. Good night, CK Dexterhaven! <laughs> okay, bye, everybody. Bye, everybody. Enjoy this music. I can't think of how the theme for The Godfather goes, so I can't sing it. It's probably a good thing. No! Someone at work keeps whistling that in the aisles and it makes me crazy. I haven't sang them. Let's just bring that back. Yes, we have some more westerns coming up for me to sing it during. It's fine. Magnificent Seven's not even on this list. Nope, not at all. Nope. Damn. Bye, everybody. Goodbye. Hello, Internet Dwellers. This is Jeff Bell, president of the Ghost Hat Network, here at the end of this episode to give a quick plug about some of our other exciting shows. But wait a minute, Jeff. You have other shows? Why, yes, random listener, we do. If you head over to ghosthat.net, you can find a heap of shows we produce on a semi-regular basis. Like Super Happy Fun Time, the podcast where Colin Kirchner and myself sit one-on-one and talk movies, TV, video games, and other big things we care about. 
The Midnight Sleuth, a comedy detective mystery show in the style of old-time radio that follows the adventures of Midnight Sleuth and his partner, Linda Talbot, as they solve crimes, stop the bad guys, and poke fun at the source material. Famous Person Storytime, a podcast where celebrities retell their favorite nursery rhymes or fairy tales as best as they can remember it, even if that memory is completely wrong. So if you're in need of some new shows to listen to on your commute, while working out, or simply relaxing at home, be sure to head over to ghosthat.net now and subscribe to our shows. For more information about this and other projects, visit our official website at www.ghosthat.net or like us on Facebook at facebook.com ghosthat. Thank you.